Hello, Hesrod Wesleyan Youth, and welcome to the seventh episode of our Hesrod Wesleyan Youth podcast. As always, I'll do a little bit of an update, and we'll talk about some announcements in a second, and then we'll dive into scripture for a few minutes. Um, just as far as announcements are concerned, I want to let everybody know, uh, just to remember that every Wednesday and every Saturday, we're doing our Zoom meetups. We're doing those at 8.30. If you need any information about those, please contact me, and I'll give that to you. But otherwise, I look forward to seeing everybody on Wednesday and Saturday nights. So as far as updates go, again, I don't have a whole lot. We're almost one month into our lockdown. So every day is pretty much the same. But I did get one little change of pace this week. Um, Not necessarily a good change of pace. Uh, for some of you who go to Hess Road Wesleyan Church, you may know Dan Sabo. He's one of the older gentlemen in our church, and he recently had a heart surgery. And he had been home, and he had been fine, and then they found that he had a blood clot in his left arm. So I took him down to General Hospital, or Buffalo General, yesterday in the afternoon, and I kind of sat around for a few hours at the hospital And it was pretty bad because I forgot to bring a book and they took all the magazines away from all the waiting areas because they don't want people, you know, touching the magazines and then new people pick them up and they spread, you know, coronavirus. So I sat in the hospital for a long time and then I went and picked them up today, which was nice. So even though it hasn't hasn't been like a, a big deal, it's nothing terribly significant and I certainly don't want anybody to be going to the hospital It's been nice just to drive around even, Uh, drive down to Buffalo, look around, see what's there, come back home. So that kind of tells you where we're at right now. A drive to Buffalo is the most exciting thing in my life. So now I'd like to dive into the Bible study portion of our podcast so last Saturday, or sorry, not last Saturday, last week we talked a little bit, not not so much about Colossians, we kind of talked a little bit about Easter some, and so I want to jump back into Colossians for a minute, and I want to take a look at a passage that might seem a little bit strange to people when they read it, but I think that when we dig in some, we'll find that it's actually pretty beautiful, and it's something we, we might need to take into consideration even today. So if you want to pause here and open up your Bibles to Colossians, we're going to look at chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 18 through 25, and then we're actually going to look at the first verse of chapter 4 as well. So go ahead and pause if you need to. Now I'll go ahead and read. I'm reading from the NIV, just in case anybody wants to know, and I'll go ahead here. Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. 
for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Now this is for verse 1. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So part of the reason why this passage, and there are a few other passages in the New Testament that are similar to this one, part of the reason that this might be a little bit confusing or even possibly frustrating for people is that we get these things where wives submit to your husbands, right? And uh, people historically have used that passage in particular in a really bad way. Husbands have used it to make their wives feel guilty if they ever object to anything that the husband wants to do. They sort of like use that to keep them down, right? But what's so beautiful about about this passage and other Pauline passages like it is that Paul does not just instruct the wives. He instructs the husbands too. In verse 19, he'll say, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. He actually goes a step further than that if you look in the book of Ephesians where there's a similar uh, list of instructions for the Ephesian church. He tells the husbands that they are supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church and laid his life down for the church. So in Paul's mind, there's this idea that the husband, now the wife might have to submit to the husband, but the husband is supposed to sacrifice himself for his wife. Okay, so it's I think it's it's really beautiful that Paul seems to push, like he's giving instructions to do to two different parties, husbands and wives. Then he goes on to children, right? Children, obey your parents, right? Well, it's not just about, hey, children, obey your parents. Again, in history, we've had instances where parents might use something like, the Ten Commandments, you know, honor your mother and your father. You hold that over the, your children, right? Hey, you need to honor your father and mother. Do what I say. But here in this passage, Paul affirms the idea that children should obey their parents, but he also tells parents, hey, don't provoke your children. Don't push them too far. Don't go nuts on them, sort of. There are instructions for parents, too. And Paul seems to recognize that parents can do poorly with their children. Now we want to move on to what I think is the most radical part of Paul's, this passage here. So after he talks about husbands and wives and children and parents, he moves on to bond servants and masters. So this, this category is really strange for us because when we think of slavery, we think of like slavery in the South where uh, people were property, and, and slaves were beaten and whipped, and they were deprived of education, and and things like that. Now, I don't want to act like slavery in the Roman world was good, uh, because it, it wasn't, but slavery in the Roman world was different. It was more like being in a lower class. There was actually the opportunity for people to move up uh, they could gain real skills. They were sometimes extremely educated. Um, they were sometimes used to do all of their master's business. They would sometimes be entrusted with financial records or treasury keeping or thing like that. Things like that. Uh, so slavery, even though I don't think it was good as an institution, uh, we don't necessarily want to think of it in the same way that we think of slavery in America. Slavery in America was based on kidnapping people. And it was based on race and color of skin, things like that. Whereas 
In the Greco-Roman world, it wasn't necessarily based on race, and it wasn't certainly wasn't about kidnapping people. <laughs> so there are some differences. But what I think is really fascinating about Paul here is he, he gives these commandments to the bondservants or the, the slaves. Um, he wants them to obey their masters in everything that they do. So one thing that this shows us is that a slave would not necessarily be chained or tied down to his master's home. A slave could potentially um, join a Christian church outside of his master's kind of purview or supervision. Right? So Paul wants these, these slaves or these bondservants to obey their masters and not just like to be people pleasers, not just to be like great employees or whatever, but he wants them to obey their masters genuinely, to serve them genuinely. And I love this part where he says, whatever you do, and he's saying this to the bondservants, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Now, what's really cool about that passage to me is that Paul's talking about a slave. Now, most slaves may at times resent their masters. They may not like their masters. But Paul's still saying, ignore the Ignore the master a little bit and think of your real master. Your real master is Jesus. So even if you don't like your earthly master, work for your earthly master as though you were working for Jesus, as though you were working for God. And when I was in high school, I took this passage a little bit more generally. And I decided that I needed to do my homework as though I was doing it for the Lord. I was a student that didn't really do my homework and I didn't really like school. But once I came to a per certain point as a believer, I realized that this was part of my responsibility. And even though I didn't like it, even though I didn't want to do it, I needed to do it in order to honor God. And so I love this idea that Paul is infusing our, our everyday work with this idea that we are serving the Lord whatever we do. Okay, so if you're doing your homework, or if you're doing some chores around the house, all these different things that you may not like, you are doing them or you should do them as though you were doing them for God, not maybe necessarily for your parents or for your teachers or things like that. But what makes this passage even more powerful in my mind is this. Once we get down to chapter four and we look at verse one, Paul has a commandment for the masters. He says, treat your bondservant or your, your slave justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So what he's saying is, hey, if you if you have a slave, you need to treat that slave justly. You need to treat that slave well. You need to treat them right. You can't just abuse them and do whatever you want with them. And the reason he says this is he points back to God. He says, you have a master in heaven. And so if we think about our master... God, Jesus Christ, we know that he is a good, just master, and we should model ourselves after him. So I want to encourage you guys to think about the relationships that you have, whether it's with your parents or your teachers or your church leaders or anyone. I, I don't care who it is. And to think about how you can serve those people as though you were serving the Lord. Because Paul's commands are both for the people in power, 
Okay, so in, in this instance, the, the husbands would have had the power in the Greco-Roman world, the parents would have had the power, and the master would have had the power. He has, he has commands for both the person in power and the person that's not in power, the wives, the children, and the bondservants. So whatever position you're in, you can serve as though you were serving the Lord. So that's all I have today as far as looking at Colossians. I really hope you've enjoyed this. Um, I can't wait to see you guys tomorrow for our Zoom meeting at 8.30. And I hope you're having a good week. Goodbye.